Welcome to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar. My name is Jamal and I am your friendly neighborhood Buddhist. My name is Jacob and do I get to be the friendly neighborhood Christian? If you want to be Jacob, you can be. I'll be the friendly neighborhood Christian. Um, well, very good. We are, we are all friendly in this neighborhood. Um, Pity the neighborhood is confined to the boundaries of the podcasting <laughs> studio, but you know. Four yeah. walls, yeah, four walls in a <laughs> soundproof room. Look, to be fair, Jacob, if I had to be locked inside a soundproof room with anybody for an extended period of time, you'd be up there. Yeah, too kind. Yeah. I, I won't tell Zoe. Oh, yeah, 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 no. That, that, she, she, or Barold. She, she knows. No, no, no Barold would, would be upset if that was true. Um... We are going to uh, we're going to give the listeners what they want today, Jacob. We uh, in our listener mailbox episode recently, we um, we uh, we had a couple of comments that came through and asked for more rambling episodes, more kind of just general chats about things, and we were doing our usual pre-podcast conversation, uh, and yeah, just had that moment of you know what, let's just let's just hit record and, and see where we go. Yeah, turn the mics on and, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so just before we start this one, um, if the, if this episode is really bad, um, you asked for it, um, <laughs> so you only have yourselves to blame, dear listeners. And where do we want to kick off? We we might kick off with where we landed the last episode. We were recording a, a little bit, so I. I got a message from someone during the week who hadn't heard the last episode we recorded mm. because as we're recording right now it hasn't gone out yet um but they were looking at uh 1 john chapter 2 verse 15 in in the bible towards the end of the bible um which says do not love the world or the things in the world the love of the father is not in those who love the world um and it it struck this person that there's a bit of buddhism in that um but they also pointed out that the, the world we live in is a gift from God and so we're not to become attached to it because, you know, what, you, you shouldn't get attached to the gift rather than the giver. Um, and so our true meaning uh, and purpose for existence is God and that when we remember that, it's much easier to let go of the things of the world, mm-hmm. um, which is what, uh, what I hope that you, you've heard me say at some points over this podcast or, or maybe not probably could have been clearer um but it, but it struck me looking at that and that that verse that buddhism seems to get the first part that they do not love the world or the things of in the world but doesn't get the the second part that we don't love the world because the world is not god um and and our love is to be shaped by god and so it's it seems to me that buddhism almost kind of like it points away from the world and away from attachment, but it doesn't actually point us to anything. Yeah, well, I mean, it certainly doesn't point towards God. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, But I mean, like nirvana is kind of the great nothingness, as I understand it. Yeah, and and, and again, I, I think we, we maybe keep looping around this kind of concept of, you know, needing to have something in the place of nothing, you know? So, I, I yes, I, I agree with your assessment there, right? The, the Buddhism does say, you know, do not love the world, right? You get attached to the sure. world and you want to move away from that. Absolutely. Um, I, I think where Christianity seems to go with that, though, is that, like, you have to center yourself in something, you know, that, that mm-hmm. you know, the, yep. re- the reason, you know, I mean, it's, 
the reason God is there is because in your conception God is there, right? But like, but like, if if we want to kind of if we want to think about this a little bit more academically and kind of go, you know, what, what is the you know, let's let's presume for a second that both Christianity and Buddhism are not true, right? Like, let, let, let let's make let's make an assumption that okay, neither we're are all true. Yeah, we're all pastafarians. Sake the of this yeah. thought experiment, yeah. Right. So, so what is the function of each of the teachings, right? So, from a kind of anthropological, um, theological sense, like, what is each of the teachings doing for the people that believe them, assuming they're both not true? So, in Christianity, you know, it's like. God is taking that place of something to center yourself on. If you, they, you're right. They both accept you can't center yourself in the world. You can't love the world. You can't like base your life on the physical reality. Um, Christianity then probably goes, well, you need to base your life on something. You know, you, you yep. need to have something there. So God is forming that function. Whereas Buddhism, without God there, kind of just says, well, you can't base yourself in the world and you what you need to do is to to learn to not base yourself in anything mm-hmm. right well and and this is like don't hear me wrong I, i'm not trying to well maybe i i am but only indirectly I'm, like I'm, I'm not trying to say this as a criticism of buddhism mm. per se to say like well you need to have something in the center and you don't have mm. something in the center so it, it must be wrong or terrible or bad or something um but but it is a a significant difference in the in the way that the worldviews and the shapes kind of of, of the belief systems operate. Because again, if we if we run hypothetically that neither of them are true for the moment, like what, one of the things that God kind of functions as within Christianity, if you like, is a source of hope mm. um, and and a source that there is something you know at at the end of the rainbow, as it were, like that that there is a future that has some kind of guarantee to it. Now that can also be a source of terror if you go down the whole hell, mm. fire and brimstone route. Um, but that there, that there is something at the end. And so I wonder, like, where, where does that hope come from in Buddhism? Or, or is the hope just that there is an end? And Yeah, and... And, 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 it, and that seems less attractive to me, you see? Yeah, and I think... And I, I think maybe I should, I should bring a caveat in here, right? That, like, you know... And I think I, I have said this before, but I, I'll reiterate it. You are a qualified Christian. I am not a qualified Buddhist, <laughs> right? Like, like just to be really abundantly clear here, you know, I mean, I, I literally like matriculated yeah, just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> exactly right. Like, you, you, you are actually, you know, you have a qualification in Christianity. I, you know, the Buddhism that you hear on this podcast is the Buddhism according to Jamal. Right, like well, it, it's I mean, not... the Christianity you hear is the Christianity according to Jacob as well. Yeah, right? but but, like... but Jacob has a degree in that shit. No, I don't. <laughs> right, like you know, I I have five or so years of, you know, yes, l- you know, research and learning and meditation and all that. But I, I I'm not a monk. Like I'm like you know, I, I am not an authority. Right, and sure. I, I I never want to claim to to be an authority in any of this. So I, I want to I guess make it really clear that like that what I'm presenting is my understanding of Buddhism. Um, and there are many, many Buddhists out there and uh, you know, potentially even most Buddhists out there that would disagree with me on a lot of fundamental things. So, sure. you know, um, I, I wouldn't want any of our listeners to um, to think that that what I say is some authoritative stance so, on well, what Buddhism is. I mean, let, let me clarify that as well then from, from yeah. my position on Christianity, right? Like, because what you're getting is, is my 
take on on Christian faith and and my understanding of of who God is and how we relate to God, mm. which I've, I've said before, is like that that is going to be flawed in some ways. Mm. And I learn from other traditions and stuff. I'm I'm firmly planted within the the Lutheran tradition, like mm. as as you're in the Theravada mm. tradition of Buddhism, right? And there are schools of thought within Christianity that disagree profoundly with aspects of that tradition and there are Lutherans mm. who I would disagree profoundly with or maybe to put it better would disagree with me because <laughs> yeah. I'm the center of the universe right of like, course yeah yeah so but like I, I guess what I'm yeah I'm, I'm so so all yeah. that to say all that to say to answer your question where's the hope and so um the, the, I because I, this I, is also how it functions for Jamal right? yes As a, yeah yeah um so th- there's a story I wanted to bring in I, I went to a, um, a dinner last night um, for a Buddhist group that I'm a part of, right? So sure. it's a kind of budding Buddhist group. And I was having this conversation and I, and I brought up something we'd spoken on previously about in the podcast, which was this kind of, this idea of um, the, the resolution of the uh, individual solipsistic view of the world and universalism and that kind of fundamental clash that leads mm. to kind of issues in modern society and how Christianity resolves it and how Buddhism resolves it differently. Um, I think that was our last episode and I kind of liked where we landed yeah, on that. Yeah, I, I, realized, so I, I like that too and I brought that up. And the response of kind of the, the person who is probably the most informed Buddhist in the room was, oh, but aren't the Buddhist teachings universal? Ooh. Right? And, 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 yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and my friend kind of was like, you know, her initial reaction was just like, Oh no, but like the Dharma is universal. Like, of course, it's all universal. Like, what are you saying that there's no universalism in Buddhism, right? Yeah. And I had, and I had to kind of explain my kind of position of like, sure, they talk about universalism, but that's a functional universalism, and that's a universalism that is leading you to a point where you can actually realize that everything is relative, right? Which which goes back to kind of the point that you make repeatedly mm. here uh, with that. Buddhism doesn't care whether you get enlightened or not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, there's a really interesting kind of you know clash there, right? Where it's like, yeah. you know, if you were to ask her where the hope is, right, her answer would be, well, it's in the Buddhist teachings because they're universal and I can apply them in any situation, and that gives you know that that a kindness as the kind of the core tenet of Buddhist teaching is a universal truth for how to live in the world and like you know the for how to for where to ground yourself and actually that's you know, that is the source of hope that you then take forward and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a really interesting kind of kind of different take on it that I that I, I think it's important to to kind of talk openly about the fact that, like, yeah, for, for a lot of Buddhists in the world, you know, your belief in God and their belief in Dharma and in the holiness of the Buddha as a person and in kind of the the teachings of Buddhism are being, you know, almost you know, gospel in the way that the gospels are. <laughs> like, like that's that that's a that that's a way that people see the world, and that's the way that people interact with the world, and that's you know, um, you know, I think that version of Buddhism probably, um, you know, aligns even clo- more closely with all with your version of Christianity, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where that where that leads us, right? But like, I, yeah, it's an interesting kind of like, it's an interesting. I think it leaves us with you that. being a, a good Buddhist for these conversations. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a black-headed Buddhist that will, will really push the point. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's um, 
It, it's interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm. I'm not going to ask you to answer for somebody yeah. else. But just what your take on this is, is if you're saying that, um, at least some Buddhists would say that. Well, it's the the Dharma, the teachings that give me hope mm. because I can apply them to any situation. And I can, like, I guess my question is, is, is can you? Not, not the question of are they applicable to any mm. situation because, I mean, we, we spent a couple of episodes not that long ago talking about Buddhism and relationships, mm. right, and how the, the four noble truths and the eightfold path mm. can a- apply in that setting. But can you actually do them satisfactorily enough of the time, all the time, like isn't your hope kind of not just in the teachings in that setting but in yourself and your own ability to to follow through on the teachings well yes and so i would absolutely say yes but i think there is an argument here to that that you know for some buddhists it is an article of faith you know and like for for a lot of buddhists um you know the teachings provide a a way of being in the world that they don't have to think too much about and they don't have to engage too much with. And I, I, I don't kind of have like that, any that's issues totally with that. fine. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any mm. issues with that either. I guess my, my question is like, do they actually like, do they do that? Like, not just most of the time, but mm. all the time. Like, is that some possible? some some people? Yes, you know, um, you know, for for some people, you know, I I, I guess it's 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 like every I don't think about it. Um, Maybe an interesting way to think about it is the distinction between between ritual and religion, right? So for lots of people, ritual practices, um, they, they, you know, I'm very much pro-ritual practices. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think they serve a purpose. I think they're really useful. I think they're, they're great reminders of things. I'm, I'm with you on that. You need to take it. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that ritual um, should replace religion, right? I think there's a distinction there. And I think religions have ritualistic aspects to them, but I don't necessarily think that um, that rituals in themselves make a religion. Okay. Um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a, there's a rituals speak to a religion, but, you know, it's, it's like, you know. Like, this is... Very Protestant of you, almost mm. right. Like in that the 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 outward actions aren't the true marker of what's going on in your heart. The, right? It, it, it's like the story of the the guy that goes to like the fanciest restaurant in town, um, looks at the menu, you know, he, yeah, and like re- reads the menu, and he's you know, he's all dressed up, and he's all like, oh, this is the best dinner ever. He reads the menu, he sits down, he gets his knife and fork, he eats the menu, then he leaves. <laughs> you know, and it, it, yeah. it's it's like it's that thing that's like, you know, the menu is not the meal. Right, the rituals are the yep. menu. The, the rituals are the things that tell you about the meal. They tell you about what it's going to be like. They they point towards it. They remind you. They of might it even be after, scripture after actually. the fact. Exactly yeah, yeah. right. But but at the end of the day, you know, having a beautiful dish described to you on a menu is not the same as eating the beautiful dish itself. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's ritual and religion. And I think, in the same way that there are lots of people that um that that do this with with all sorts of religions, I think there are there are many, many Buddhists for whom the ritual practices take the place of the religion, right? And I think, you know, I I, I don't think my friend is one of them. I think my friend who mentioned this about 
yeah, the universalism of the Dharma is actually engaged in the religion and sure. does do that. Yeah. But but I, but I, I think there, there, there's some there's somewhere on that spectrum that you sit in the middle there, right? Where it's like, you know, there are Buddhists who just get the incense sticks and pray to the Buddha statue every day and that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And that provides enough structure and foundation to their life and, you know, they chant the words and they repeat the sayings, but they don't really know what it means. But it just—they just kind of do it, and that provides enough framework to the there, life. There's not there's not a self introspection yes. that goes along with that. Yes, yeah. and then, and then and then yeah, and then you go all the way along the spectrum of that to to the Buddhists that you know are completely self introspective, so much so that you know they recognize the teachings are just a representation of one person's experience of mm-hmm. the teachings, but actually you know whatever else. And I think my friend is quite close to that second end, right? Because what, what she's talking about is, you know, the truth of the Dharma, that if you actually meditate enough and you f- see the truth of impermanence, and th- th- actually th- that was the big one she, she pointed out, was the truth of impermanence, right? And it's like, well, isn't that a universal truth? Isn't like that impermanent, everything is impermanent. Like that's universal, right? That's completely universal. Everything's impermanent. And I'm like, yeah, it is until you get to the point where impermanence itself is impermanent. You know, right? Okay, yeah. which gets a little bit meta. Sure. Right? Yeah, it, it does get meta, but I think you need to go meta, right? Because I mean, impermanence is only true in so much as, you know, the world is true. At some point, the sun is going to explode and the world is going to end, and the, you know, there will be nothing with which to observe that impermanence. So it's like, well, you know, okay, sure. And so, except like, God, yeah. except God, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but. But yeah, I don't know what I'm getting at here. This is a very rambling episode. Well, well, let me jump in yeah. just on on that point, and let's let's follow this yeah, little sure. bouncing ball for a moment. Because I was reading the Prophet Isaiah this morning for my devotional time, just yeah. because that that's what I was listening to, or reading rather. Um, and uh, Isaiah chapter forty. Um, there's a few voices, a few voices, a few verses. Um, where we, we read, a voice said, shout. And I, that is Isaiah, asked, what should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. Oh, that's not the right translation. Hang on. All people are like grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade but the word of our God will stand forever. And, and I was just like, I was struck in that by, well, actually by my own impermanence, right? Like my life on this little mostly blue rock that's orbiting a star, it, it, like in the eternity of God is just nothing. Like it's, it's even less than the poppies that are currently growing in my backyard, right? Like... Um, and that that is impermanence. Like like the the whole cosmos is actually impermanent in the way that you're describing, and and that is true, right? Is. Like that that's a, a reality that we live in. I don't I don't know that that I don't know that we have to say that that's necessarily a Buddhist truth or a Christian truth or a whatever. But but then the question becomes like, what do we do with that? And and so for me, like just grasping my own impermanence was was a really uh, like liberating moment for me this morning because along with that, I, I just had a fantastic sense of th- therefore there, there 
impermanence and almost the irrelevance of my achievements and, and what I do with my particular day or month or year or or even life. Like that's a, you know, how much impact is that going to have on the grand scheme of the, the cosmos? How, how, much is ja- how much is Jacob's life going to matter yeah. at the end of it? Um, and the answer is that it matters because it's taken up into God's greater work, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, and, and so kind of p- part of my work is, is doing what, uh, what we call seeking the kingdom of God, right? Like looking for what is God doing? How do I get involved in, in or how do I get caught up? In what God's doing, but that—that's not something that I can create or manufacture, and and whatever I do create and manufacture off my own bat, it like that—that's nothing compared to the eternity of God, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, and which, which I guess is Christianity's answer to impermanence. Yes, and, and the, the teaching is the same, right? Like the, the, there are Buddhist teachings that talk specifically, obviously not in those words, but like pretty much about that exact same thing. So yeah, absolutely. That's a, that 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 is a Buddhist. Uh, or Buddhism has a version of that truth, right? Yeah. Um, I and and it's interesting, right? Because like when I'm challenged on this, like I, it, it's almost like, it it's a weird oxymoron, where it's like, that, the, the truth of impermanence mm-hmm. means at least to me that every other truth is itself impermanent and therefore not universal, right? Like the, you, right. the truth of impermanence is what drives my belief that nothing is universal. Yeah, right? it underpins relativism. Yes, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because, because nothing can be universal and impermanent at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Like it, 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 it's, you know, it, it just yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm with, right? I'm, I can follow that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, again, again, I'm sure that your your solution to that is, well, God is not impermanent. Correct. Right? So, yes. so you said, yeah, well done. That, that is good. <laughs> See, I passed. I passed my, my Christian theology test. We'll, we'll catechize you yet. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess for me, it's, a, it's it's an interesting thing about like, well, you know, and then you get to this this constant like chicken and egg scenario of like, well, if if impermanence is true and nothing is universal, then is impermanence universal or not, right? And and yeah, it's, it's this constant cycle of just like whatever. And and again, it's my. Is, is this like Jamal's theodicy? Maybe, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, but like, but I guess that to me, to me though, it, that's not a difficult thing to resolve, right? Because to me, Buddhism would say, well, the truth of impermanence is more true than the truth of impermanence itself. You know that. You know that that impermanence. Listeners can't see that the face I'm making. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Process that. Yeah, yeah. and again, again, g- going back to the fact that contradiction is not not a problem, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, sure. yeah, I, I, For I, you. Can, I can just hold. <laughs> I can just hold that contradiction, right? I can I can hold the contradiction that impermanence is the kind of the ultimate underlying state of the universe and speaks to every single thing in the universe being relative, including itself. You know, and, and I, I can just hold that tension. And to me, Buddhism is actually, you know, true Dharma and true Buddhism is, you know, about how do you, how do you hold that tension? It's it's you know how do you, you know, w- when I'm meditating, that's what I'm getting to. It's sitting there and recognizing the impermanence of everything about myself, but also recognizing that I still have that sense of self and that ego and like you know, and maybe I can eventually drop that away, and just sit with the impermanence, but. Even then, it's like, well, how do I exist in the world? You know, yeah. and, and like, and, and that tension there between functioning and being and being a 
a being that is in the world, but also being impermanent and yeah, you know, all of that. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but I don't think you can explain it. I, I think it's, it's, it's an experiential thing. Right. Well, like to, to come back to where we kind of jumped into this rabbit hole with like, do, do you find that a, a hopeful thought or a hopeful experience or, or not, or how, like, yeah. I, do do, I, you, I find do that, you get hope from the idea of impermanent? I, yeah, yes. Impermanent. Absolutely. I find that deeply hopeful, right? Because everything you said just before about, oh, well, my life is kind of insignificant. I mean, that to me is liberating, right? My life is insignificant. It doesn't fucking matter what I do, <laughs> right? Like, it's so, going to be our first, um, like, uh, language explicit la- warning. warning. Yeah, 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 yeah. You caught me in the mood today. Um, but, like, you know, so we, we, we were talking uh, before this and one of the kind of prompts of, like, let's just record this was, like, we're talking about, like, a, a mistake I made at work today, right? And it was yeah. a really minor mistake and it's, like, not going to have any major impacts to my life, but it was enough, obviously, that I was thought about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, shouldn't have done that. And, like, you know if I can truly believe that everything is impermanent, I don't care about that. Like, whatever. You know, in a similar vein, I, I got a text from a friend just before we caught up for coffee this morning. And um, she messaged me like at 5.30 this afternoon, going, hey, really sorry if I made you uncomfortable today. And my response was, I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like, I, I was not uncomfortable in the slightest. I have no idea what you're referring to. And like, but the way she sent me that text was like she'd been sitting with it all day and it like was clearly just like stressing out that she'd done something wrong, made some social faux pas. And it's like I, I, I literally could not tell you which part of the conversation you are referring to right now. Like it's just not a thing. And like to me, the knowledge of my own impermanence, the knowledge of my own insignificance, it just like if I can, tr- you know, to me, the moments when I get stressed in the world, the moments when I are... Uh, when I am hopeless and I'm feeling mm-hmm. uh, depressed or I'm feeling lost or whatever else, what's going on there is I'm getting stuck on things and thinking they matter. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I, I'm getting really caught up in the, the minutiae of things that I think you know, I, I am giving something in my life an oversized level of importance. And if I can truly believe in permanence and truly see my life in the context of what it is in the scheme of the universe... I, I I can't see myself getting depressed so at anything. I I can agree like almost wholeheartedly with with everything you've just said, but then want to add something which goes mm. to what we were saying again mm. last episode of like the the mm. the layer that Christianity maybe adds yeah. below Buddhism, right? Which is that there are some things that are permanent, um, and like that that have kind of eternal consequences if you like which is the the way that um paul puts it in a a chapter of of first corinthians Mm. 13 which is often read at non-christian weddings Mm. because it's thrown in as like oh here's a a nice poem yeah um and it's love is patient love is kind it does not boast um it keeps no record of wrongs it's it's this list of the, the attributes of love um, but the, the chapter ends, now these three things remain or abide or you know, keep on, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. Um, and so for, for me, in the, when I look at the impermanence and the liberation of exactly what you're saying, that, well, yeah, that what I do doesn't matter, the mistakes that I make don't matter, the, the good things that I do, but the, the good, they have effects on others, right? And that the 
the loving things, the kind things, the the caring things, which are fundamental tenets, as I understand it, of Buddhist practice as well, right? Like that they they carry on. They they have a weight beyond the impermanence of my actions at all. You know, and, and this is where I would say that well, like God is working through me in those moments, and God is love, and and so they're caught up in the the great they, they well they're caught up in the great permanence mm. that sits beyond the impermanence and the other crap and the things that i get worried about and and my own ego where i go like well, have i loved people enough or not or like all of that gets stripped away mm. but the love remains and the care remains yeah see i i i, I think I, 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 this is like yeah i say this in the nicest way possible but i think you believe that because you're still attached to things being permanent the, the if that means i'm attached to god i'm okay with that yeah fair enough and maybe that's it right that it's like you know i i think it is the hardest thing in the world for people to truly get rid of attachments Right, like, like again, and, yeah. and this is the four noble truths to a T. Right, that it's like everything in life is caught up in attachments. Right, and this is enlightenment, right? Like yeah. the, la- the last attachment to lose is the attachment to getting enlightened. Exactly right, but like, like it, it, it is potentially the most difficult thing for a human being to do is to give up and inda- give up attachments, um, and so it makes perfect sense to me that nearly all religions in the world have found a way to resolve it. Resolve some resolve that 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 tension by still having something that you can hold on to as permanent. Even as we've discovered some aspects of Buddhism with the Dharma, yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and Buddhism has done it exactly right. Like, every, everyone does it because mm. and and yet when I think about you know we go back to this conversation of like you know, different types of Buddhists and whatever else. So it's like yeah, I like most Buddhists can't give up attachments. Right? <laughs> like even though the whole teaching is give up attachments, this is not a thing. Right? And yeah, I, I mean, if anything, I would actually say that a, a large proportion of judo Christian people could in some scenarios be more able to give up attachments than Buddhists because it's almost easy to give up attachments if you could hold on to one. Yeah. You know, if you can have God as an attachment, you can still hold on to, then it's like, that makes it easier to give up all the other attachments. But see, and, and see, to me, that then becomes an argument for God, right? Like a, a, an academic philosophical argument, sure. But like that, that if, if there seems to be something inherent in human nature mm. that we attach to things, well, maybe that's because we were made to attach to something. Yeah, see, I, I see that as an argument for the practicality of God, not necessarily for the <laughs> truth of God. Right. But like, like, I mean, I mean sure. Yeah. Like I, I, it, I'm not saying it's a knockdown argument. I don't think a knockdown argument exists. Mm. But I, th- I think it points in that direction. If if you can stomach the thought yeah. that there is some kind of created design in humanity. Yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a good point, right? And I um, it, it, it's interesting because I think I I think I often worry that I'm wrong. You know, like, like I, I, I think, like, you know, we go back to, like, the, the big caveats we were putting at the start, where, like, this is Buddhism according to Jamal. This is mm. not, you know, absolute, straight-up Buddhism as as is taught. 
um, the, you know, the pure I, form, the Kantian yeah, Buddhism. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you know, and, and I think it is a correct interpretation of Buddhism as it as it's taught, and it's my understanding of it as is spoken to by everyone. Like you know, to me, this version of Buddhism is in line with everything I've heard about Buddhism, right? But like you know, of course, I could be wrong, and I, and I, yeah. and I it's it's interesting to kind of observe that and observe that tension and kind of go, well, yeah, actually, like, I could really be wrong about all of this, you know. Um, and, again, I think I partially resolved that by my kind of thing about going, well, I don't give a, I don't give a shit about contradictions, so I can just, like, I don't mind being wrong if it's helpful for me. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, it, it's an interesting... Um, mm, it's an interesting kind of thing. It reminds me of this time a Christian, a Buddhist walks into a bar, actually. I, d- I did wonder if that was going to make it into yeah, this always, under-prepped it, it episode. Yeah. always makes it in. Um, just <laughs> before before it reminds you of that time, just yeah. like, because I, I appreciate your honesty in that and so yeah. I just want to reciprocate yeah. and, and say, like, I, I wonder from time to time if I could be wrong. And I, I wouldn't say I worry about it. I, I would say that there was a stage in my life that I worried about it um and kind of got to the point where i was satisfied enough that it wasn't worth worrying about it and so i went well i'm not going to worry about this but like that there is a like there's a possibility that i'm wrong and and that would be very sad i think actually but yeah and i i think the, the other way i think i resolve that thing about being wrong is by having this like perception of um I guess I have an art, I have an article of faith that it's not going to matter if I'm wrong, you know. So like, you know, if we think like purely theologically, right? Let's say you are 100 percent correct and I'm 100 percent wrong. Mm. If I die and find out that actually the way to have lived my life was to listen to Jacob all along and to you know go and be a Lutheran and you know worship God in that way, quicker to just make the jump now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Everybody out there, Jacob is always right. Just, yeah, yeah. Just run with it. Yeah. But, but like, but like, if I if I, if that happens, I trust that any God in that scenario would be kind and forgiving enough to judge me on how I live my life rather than the theological specifics of what I believed. You know, like I I I I cannot. I think God is either loving enough that it's not going to matter whether or not I worshipped the Buddha or worshipped God or worshipped whatever, um, the flying spaghetti monster. Like it, it's it's not going to be a a big enough factor. The the, the factor is going to be intention. The factor is going to be what I did with my life rather than the framework in which I did it. Um, or God is going to be vengeful enough that even if I do believe in God, I'm going to have made some mistake somewhere and that's not going to matter. I'm probably going to go to hell anyway. So can we come back to this conscious of, mm. of where we're up to yeah, in the yeah. episode? But I, I reckon there's an episode or a couple of episodes on, on grace and forgiveness yeah. in what you've just said. So flag that for probably after Christmas when we sit mm. down and record again. Yeah, for um, sure. Dig into that a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, look, and, and and thank you for your kind of appreciation of the honesty because I think it's important. Um, and, you know, I, I think this has been, been quite an honest episode, actually, and I appreciate your honesty as well here, right? Because I think it is important that we do, you know, I think it's very easy for us as, you know, podcasters and people that kind of, we, we have a one-way conversation, right? We, we have a two-way conversation, <laughs> but us, us and the audience have a one-way conversation. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't get to hear their perspectives back except for like the once every couple of months when we do an episode on it. <laughs> and it's like the, you know, the, 
I think it's it's useful and important to remind ourselves and remind others who are listening to us that you know we get that it's a one-way conversation and you know we you know i don't think either of us would claim we're trying to present the the unified truth on anything and you know um for me part of part of being open to that is yeah to be vulnerable enough to saying yeah you know what i'm, I'm mm. scared about being wrong i'm, I'm worried about that mm. Mm. and if you'd like to make it more of a two-way conversation christian buddhist bar at gmail.com if you're in canberra um then you can catch up with us in person when we do walk into a bar. So get in touch if you're up for that. Absolutely. Um, now, sorry, the, you did interrupt the very, very important part I of the I did the most important you, part you, of the show. You and your sentimentalism and your, your <laughs> genuine heartfelt, you know, thank you to me. Interrupt my joke. Um, so a Christian and Buddhist walk into a bar um, and, and, and there's some, um, the, 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 this Roman... Um, this, this Roman Catholic priest walks in, right? And they're, you know, they're yeah. all dressed up in the priest garb. And, and they, they've directly come off the plane from Rome. Like, okay, just, so right. just like the, the holiest Catholic priest you can imagine. Yeah, just yeah. like from Rome to the bar. He's been touched uh, by the Pope. Yeah, exactly. In, in the most appropriate way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and he walks into the bar and he can't speak much English, right? Right. Um, but he points to, you know, wine. He's like, yeah, I want yeah. some wine, yeah. And, and holds, up, holds up two fingers. Yeah, wine. Two two glasses of wine. Two fingers of wine. Um, Bartender gives him two glasses of wine. And he goes, no, no, no. Shakes his head, holds up two fingers. And he's like, yeah, here are two glasses of wine. Um, Someone else walks in uh, and asks, you know, speak speak, um, speak Italian and asks, well, what's going on? Like tries to translate. It's like, oh, sorry. He he meant five. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens when you have to research a joke (laughs) (laughs) mid-episode. I actually found that one before the episode. Uh, oh, no, don't was... admit to that. <laughs> I know we're being honest today. Yeah, really yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you would like to uh, submit better jokes than that, uh, christianbuddhistbar at gmail.com. Um, and also, please um, share share a podcast with your friends. Um, send, send it around to them. Encourage them to be honest and questioning. And um, and have conversations with yeah. people. Like, like, ask. This, this started by me, kind of, well, both of us, asking each other, what do you believe and why? And yes. that's great. Exactly. Kevin McLeod believes in music. He, he does. makes our music. He what does. a legend. And you're a legend for listening. Cheers. Cheers.